Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101. This is Matthew Aaron, and today we are talking about which wallets, which crypto wallets to use. Um, we're going to go into the different kinds of wallets, why to use them, what to look for, just some tips. Uh, first, as always, I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find me on Twitter at crypto underscore underscore 101, Facebook Crypto 101 on iTunes, Crypto 101, in SoundCloud, Crypto 101. You can also find me on KimCoin.com. Uh, my podcasts are being streamed from there as well. And please just, if you have any questions, comments, criticisms, uh, you know, anything, just, you know, drop me a comment, a tweet, a line, uh, rate my podcast, and, you know, we'll go from there. But uh, today, this uh, podcast was inspired by a friend of mine, actually. Um, she was, it's an interesting story. I don't want to give too much backstory to it because I don't know if she ever found the podcast and listen, but the long story short is she was holding some coin and she was not in control of her coin. And um, that made her nervous, obviously, for many reasons. And it wasn't that, you know, she just had somebody else buy it for her. And she didn't get it to her um, account or her exchange or her wallet. And she was not in control. And also, there were different aspects of the my verification process that were scattered, you know, two to the breeze. Maybe like she's not in the in uh, the States or doesn't have a cell phone. So her mom, she used her mom's uh, phone number to register Coinbase. So if there was a, a TF2FA um, authentication coming to the phone, then it would go to her mom's phone. So she'd have to con contact her mom to get. Anyway, long story short, it's very uh, risky to do something like that. And it will stress you out. It will stress you out no matter who you are or who your family is or, or what's going on. And so just a quick recommendation or a bit of advice for everybody is when you set up any account, make sure you're in total control. You, it's your email. It's your phone number. If you don't have a phone number, um, use two-factor authentication. Download Google Authenticator from the App Store or from uh, Google App Store, whatever they use. As you can see, I'm a Mac guy. I don't even give a shit. Um, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and use that as your, your 2FA authentication. Um, you need to, you really need to, you know, uh, just be, be in control and make sure that, you know, if, if you need to find your coins or log in or log out or send something that it, it's just, it's all on you. And I think that there is a bit of trust in the, internet world that we are getting too comfortable with and i was listening to a podcast the other day um it was bitcoin knowledge podcast and trace mayer was on it you know no you know again i'm uh i, I love listening to podcasts and, and the reason why i'm doing a podcast is not only like i said in almost every episode so far it's just to give the basics to people that are starting out but i just love podcasts i listen to them all day you know and I have dozens that are on my list that I try to get to during the week. And this podcast with Trace Mayer really showed and was very insightful about security and the amount of 
responsibility that we hold as consumers. And remember, I'm not talking I'm not talking from a point of view of being an expert or a programmer or an investor or somebody that has a business in in crypto. I'm talking from a consumer point of view. And he really um emphasized how much the consumer really needs to take control. And this reminds me of my grandfather, you know. My great grand I'm sorry, my great grandfather. My great grandfather was a Polish immigrant. Uh my great grandparents were uh, and they came to the States in, you know what, honestly, I don't know, but it was, I think it was pre-World War One. So their family, well, actually, they're two different families. My grandmother's, great-grandmother's families, which is actually my bloodline, and my great-grandfather, which is another Polish family, they came over uh, pre-World War One, And, you know, they did the whole Depression era, and they have that mentality of they don't trust uh, banks or other people with their money. Their currency and when my grandfather died my grandmother my great-grandmother died first and when my great-grandfather died you know I'm actually very lucky and there's not many people that have known their great-grandparents and my great-grandfather he smoked you know <laughs> I don't know one or two packs of camel cigarettes um, a day non filters you know and he died at 88 and you know it's one of those stories like yeah and then he's like <laughs> my friend always says it's like, yeah, my great grandfather smoked, you know, non-filter cigarettes every day, and he died at 88. He's like, yeah, you know what, my my grand my my uncle smoked non-filter cigarettes uh, every day too. He died at 40. <laughs> I mean, it's just he was just a rare oh, a rare breed. Um, but when he died, we found in his barn behind a wall a hundred thousand dollars in cash. Now that just kind of shows you like what kind of I, mentality they had, you know. There were there were banks. There's Chase. I use Chase, and um, there's all these other companies and that people use for their money. But we never are actually in control of our money, and we don't think about it. But he thought about it. He put money. Actually, they found money in his in his house too. Um, he had money like all over the place, just stashed, you know, <laughs> behind walls under floorboards, you know, in coffee cans. I mean, that's how they kept their money because they didn't trust the banks, you know. And, you know, in the 20s, depression, you know, shit, shit went down, banks closed down, you didn't get your money. They just said you're not getting it. And they're like, and, and he's not going to go through that. So it's like, you know what, I'm going to keep my cash. And that's what wallets and cryptocurrency is allowing you to do. You can do the same thing with, you know, your your fiat and keep it in your house and in your mattress and behind your walls and stuff like that too. And it's probably better because when shit goes down and the bank doesn't allow you to withdraw or or, or whatever, you know, for whatever reason, um, you just don't have access to the, to your cash, to your resources. And, and that is what, you know, cryptocurrency is trying to help us out with is they're trying to help us, you know, be secure. And I, I wanted to make this quick, but <laughs> it is already seven and a half minutes um, of podcast. And I don't think this is, this is going to be a short one. But I had to tell those two stories um, because I have to emphasize the importance of of learning in this learning curve. We are not of tech. Not all of us are of tech. I'm born in the 70s. So if, you know, I, I didn't grow up with this. I didn't grow up with computers. I was lucky that my, my family was well off enough to 
and and forward thinking enough to buy a, maybe a, a computer or a compact computer when I was in my late teens, and that was around the house, and you know we had a uh, the the Encarta I think it was the Encarta uh, encyclopedia, and I remember when the game Mist came out and that shit looked dope, really dope, um, but I was already in my late teens. And, you know, so it was something I just never gravitated to. And then by the time I got my first email account even was, I think I was 22, 23. Um, it's just, you know, it just never was part of my life. So I, I, have, I have a learning curve as well. But it's so important. And I think that it's so important for the whole um, people my my era and new people coming up to learn tech and at least how to manage that. And with fiat currency, you can grab a stash of it and put it in your mattress, put it in your coffee can. But it's not really that easy with this because you have to you have to go and finagle and and learn how to you know, you know control your private keys and how to store it and what you know softwares you can use to do this. And um, you know, so there is a little bit of a learning curve, and I I I acknowledge that, and. But it is doesn't mean that you just say, "I quit" or "I'm not." I'm going to be lazy with it, especially if you're investing in currency. So you know, one of my things I think I, I told on the Poloniex uh, podcast is that when you're when you're going to start off in crypto, my best advice is to think of it as school. Think of it as you know, I'm going to learn how all this shit works, and I'm going to put. A couple bucks in there, say 20 bucks, 40 bucks, you know, not, not that much. You know, put some money in there and just do shit with it. Yeah, you're going to get fees and, and don't just don't care. Don't care about a couple bucks. You know, link your bank account with a, with with a Coinbase and send money over and then buy a currency and then shift it to, uh, to Bittrex and then, you know, buy some altcoins and trade a little bit. Don't lose too much. Trade a little bit, and then you know margin trade, and then uh, send it back. Send it to a wallet and shape shift it, and you know encrypt your wallet and do all these things with it. And then by, by the end, hopefully you have still money left. But at the end of that that twenty dollars investment or forty bucks or whatever you would put in it, I mean if you're good at trading, maybe you have eighty bucks, but um or more. But you have learned how to navigate this ecosystem. And you are ready to invest and be more confident in what you're doing. And and one of these confidences, one of these confidences that you're going to have is you know keeping your currency in a wallet and not on an exchange. And not on an exchange means look, you can keep your money in Coinbase, and you can keep and actually, a lot of people say Coinbase is one of the best places to keep your wallet. I'm sorry, to keep your currency. Uh, they have vaults. I have my opinion about that. We'll get into that soon. Um, but you can put keep them in your in your exchanges. But you know they're just there for anybody to come and take or manipulate, or the exchange to shut down, or the exchange to manipulate. I think you can see that very clearly in the past couple of days when people are talking about which exchanges and which wallets are going to support the. Uh, Bitcoin Cash and uh, Bitcoin, this whole split thing and what people are going to do with it. You know, if you keep it in Coinbase and they're very clear about it, that if you have your Bitcoin in Coinbase, 
they're not going to support Bitcoin Cash. So you're missing out on the opportunity to have your to have multiple currencies. Well, you're, you're, you're missing out on the opportunity to have your Bitcoin have a baby for the most part. So you have a little a little Bitcoin over there that you can nurture and 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 raise and have it grow up. Um, and, there, and so that it shows you how much control that you do not have in, in that, uh, in, in, on their platform. So long story short, actually already long story long, um, you have, you've purchased cryptocurrency and you're going to need to put it into a wallet. Now there's different kind of wallets that you can get into, but let's first talk, talk about some certain things that you need to look for when you're looking at a wallet. First thing is it open source. That means their code, the, the way that it's designed, the whole wallet itself, is it operated in a transparent manner? And you can do that by going to their facts page and checking it out. And if it says, hey, you know what, our, our shit is open source, you know, more likely it is. Um, look for keywords because some are kind of tricky. That makes me kind of like, what does this mean? Uh, for example, there's a web wallet called Green Address. Uh, it says that they use open source applications. Now, I didn't look too much into that, but it means that it seems like there's a piecemeal thing that some are open source and some are not. And I need to know what that means before I start putting a substantial amount of money into those kind of wallets. But anyway, so look to see if they're open source. Once you find out they're open source, go in Reddit or forums and say, look, look to see what people are saying about the wallets and see if it's something that uh, never had any bad reputation or 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 breaches um, the reason why that you want to um, use open source is because if it is not open and it's transparent that means people can't see what is what this website is made out of or this this application is made out of and it's very easy if you if people that know how to code or know how these things work a lot better than i do or you do or or you know um that they look at this code and they can see if there's flaws in the logic or 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 holes or back doors or, or what have you. So if it's closed, they can have that all in there. They can have, you know, when I was a kid, we left the second floor bathroom window unlocked always just in case we forgot our keys. And, you know, I was you know, I was a, I was 10 or whatever. And, you know, we forgot our keys and my dad would say, all right, go, go in through the, the, the bathroom window. So I would climb up there and go in through the bathroom window, come down and lock the door. Well, think of an app like that. You know, nobody knows that that's that, that my window wasn't locked. Nobody. Why know why? Because they never checked my house. They never asked me. Nobody talked about it. But if somebody wanted to, they could have went to the second floor, opened my window while, while we were out. Um, went into the window, took all of our shit, got out, and we wouldn't even know it was them. We go home, all the shit's gone, and we say, hey, somebody broke in our house, and we'll be like, well, well, how'd that happen? Were your doors unlocked? Uh, <laughs> the window was unlocked. Well, no shit. Of course they came in and stole your stuff. So make sure they know it's, op you know it's open source. And even though you're not a coder, people are looking at it, and then ask around on the internet, see what's up. Um, other questions to ask is what if they go out of business? So there's different kinds of wallets. Let's take a look. There's, there's desktop uh, cryptocurrency wallets. This basically means that you're using your computer. You're getting your coins from 
wherever you're getting your coins from, and you're putting them on your computer. Now, if they're hot wallets, it means that they're connected to the internet. It means that they're always syncing with the blockchain. Or not always. I mean, if they're, you open the application, they're, they're going to sync. Uh, your computer itself is connected to the internet. So even if your application is open or not, it's still connected to somebody or something out there that could come in and find a, um, a, a weakness in security. But for the most part, they're, they're, they're relatively safe. And a cold wallet means that they are not connected to the internet. So you basically imagine a USB or your computer that is just not com- connected to the internet. It's just sitting there. It's an old laptop, laptop or, or, or something. Um, you have mobile wallets, you know, like just basically on your phone. Uh, web wallets that are using some kind of cloud service and hardware wallets. And, and these are just, you know, USB drives or some kind of uh, hardware that lo- it resembles a USB that are designed specifically for just keeping your currency. Okay, so what wallets are good? Um, a link's at the bottom for, uh, they say the best 10 best cryptocurrency wallets uh, for 2017. And we'll just go through a couple of them. Desktop currency wallets. Uh, Exodus. Exodus is uh, a very well-designed, beautiful wallet that you can uh, store your coins. Now, remember when you're looking at these wallets, not all wallets can store all of your coins. So you want to go to any website or any wallet that you decide to use and check to see if they support your currency. And if they do support your currency... Make sure that they, you can get your private keys onto your computer. Some, most wallets, um, give you the option to control your private keys. Now, this is just the access to your funds. And, they, and most wallets give you that choice, meaning that if you're not in control, it means they're in control. Now, which is, what, what, can, I, what can I say? It's kind of like giving your, your neighbor keys to your house because you might lose your keys. Look, you trust your neighbor. They might have a great reputation. But at the end of the day, they have keys to your house and they can go in anytime. And maybe you're not there and you're on vacation. They say, you know what? I'll go over there and borrow some sugar. Now, it's not a bad thing. You know, hey, no problem. Go in there, borrow some sugar. Or maybe you tell them to go water the plants while you're gone. But while they're there, they take a couple eggs. They take a couple of sugar. They might borrow your, you know, your power drill. They put it back. But it's still a breach of trust. Anyway, so <laughs> if if you're using your if you're using these wallets, make sure you that they allow you to download and keep your private keys. Um, Armory, Armory is a also a wallet. Um, it is I don't know if it's owned or backed by Trace Mayer. I mentioned him before. Uh, he is a a investor juggernaut. Uh, let's say granddaddy of cryptocurrency in of bitcoin and he has he has a very funny quote from the last uh, bitcoin knowledge episode he said why would you use armory because the people who steal your coins will and the thing about armory is it's a little more advanced and people get i get if i'm not a tech guy is is you know intimidated by you know keys and you know um, just, just all kinds of things. It's just a lot to know. But Armory, um, Armory is a trusted and secure site. The coins, uh, core wallets. 
Um, sometimes, most of the time, actually, uh, coins, if they're, you know, all coins or Bitcoin or whatever, they have their core wallet. Bitcoin Core is a wallet that stores Bitcoin. If you're using altcoins like, uh, you know, Vertcoin or Virium or Digibyte or, you know, what whatever coin is out there, they usually have a core wallet. Now, you can just go to their website, say, Digibyte.com or Vertcoin. I think it's Vertcoin.com. And just download their wallets and you can just put them into your computer. Um, make sure that you encrypt your wallets. Um, this secures you from, you know, uh, people sending money out of, from your wallet and taking money out because you're going to need the passcode to to uh, send money out. Um, and But be careful that you don't lose it because if you <laughs> if you lose that code, there's no way to to get it back and there's no way to send your money out. Or even open your wallet, depending on what kind of core wallet they use. If you're looking at like uh, Virium and Vert, I'm sorry, Virium and Viracoin, there are passphrases right when you open the wallet, so you can't sync your blockchain, or you cannot even go into your uh, into your wallet without this passcode. So your money is going to be stuck there if you do not have it. Uh, moving on on desktop currency wallets, there's uh, Electrum, also very trusted. And that's the top three in my list. Uh, mobile wallets, there's a Jax and there's Bread Wallet. Now, they both allow you to have private uh, private keys um, and, and, and control them. And it's good if you actually have an ecosystem or a system in your neighborhood or in your community where you can use crypto readily. So you just have your QR code there or you have your... You know, you have access to your coins on your phone. You're making purchases, and it's, it's pretty cool. However, uh, just, you know, again, look into those a little bit. More than likely, uh, they have a way to restore your coins to a wallet if they get lost. And this is, depending on the company, they can do it many different ways. It's either a set of passcodes and passphrases, um, your key your private key um, and different ways that you can restore from their cloud service, depending on how you store them. But just look into it. If you're looking at a uh, web wallets, the number one they say for web wallet is Coinbase. Now on their site, it says that their vault allows you to control your private keys. I don't know about you guys, but if you're looking at Coinbase lately and the amount of shit that they're getting or they're giving their customers for um, moving Bitcoins out, and it's not that they're getting them shit and they're saying like, hey, you can't or or you have to go through these processes. They're just slow and it's not working. I saw somebody on Reddit just today said, no, I'm sorry, on Twitter said today that um, I requested my Bitcoin to be moved uh, and I'm trying to send it to my wallet 32 hours ago and they still have zero uh, confirmations. Means that they're, they have not even been approved by Coinbase to be moved out in 32 hours and that's that's a that's a fucking joke imagine if you went to your bank and you went to the atm and you said hey let me get a 20 bucks out and it said sure come back 48 hours later you'd you'd fucking kick that thing so be be worried about coinbase even though they are um very big and reputable they do do some things that are uh, rather shady and raise some eyebrows uh web wallets again green address Green address, again, very high up. And I'm saying that which ones that I, I've looked into and I've researched a little bit. Because if you go online and you say 10 best cryptocurrencies wallets and they give you these, 
they don't tell you they only tell you the good they don't tell you the bad um green address like i said they say they use open source applications i did not look into that but just the wording itself means that it seems like it's piecemeal some are open source some are not check it out and hardware wallets again hardware wallets are the usbs that we're talking we were talking about or the hardware that is specifically designed just to store your coins the ledger nano s is a is probably the number one out there everybody wants it everybody's it's basically you take it you attach it to your computer you drop all your coins in there you encrypt it and you forget about it pros of the ledger nano s is that it's cold storage it's in your possession your private keys it's your money on a usb and you can get multiples and i i i, I want to say that they sync together so that you have backups of, if say if you buy two of them, you have a backup of your stored currency on both. So if you lose one, you have another. And that is amazing. However, you can lose them. I personally, if I was going to use it, um, I wouldn't put all of my, my eggs in one basket. I would have two with backups. And I would probably also have another one where I'd split coins. Like I'd put half my half my uh my stash in, in one and half my stash in the other. So if I did lose one, I, I only lost half my stash. It's my full stash. Um, and then the, the Trezor wallet, the Trezor. Trezor. And I, I heard a YouTube guy on there. He's calling it the Trezor. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it now, but we're going to call it the Trezor instead of the Trezor. And that just works just like the Ledger Nano S. And uh, again, you drop your coins in there and it's like a USB. Um, a note for all of these uh, wallets is they usually, especially the core wallets, um, the hardware wallets, there's usually a, a, a way to back up your wallet. And we'll, we won't go into that because it's more of a online YouTube thing. I, I will put a link in this description of an example of backing up a core wallet. But what you really want to do is you want to say if you've got a Digibyte wallet or a Vertcoin wallet, there's, a, there's an option to back it up. And it will just basically save a file to your computer so that you can throw it in your own USB or multiple. And this is, this is the key, multiple USBs. So if you lose one, you don't lose your wallet. Back it up, throw it in there and, you know, put it away. So when you're if you do need to uh, restore your wallet, for example, Desktop wallet is, you know, of course, on your computer. You lose your computer. You spill coffee on it. You do, you know, what have you. Um, you know, you can download the wallet again and take your USB and restore it from your backup. And that is a great peace of mind. Okay, so those were a couple of wallets that you can use um, to back up your, your cryptocurrency with. And again, like my 15-minute story at the beginning of this episode, uh, I really recommend be like grandpa and put your money in the barn. Put it in the coffee can. Don't trust the banks. Don't trust these cloud service because you don't know if they're going to be there tomorrow. You don't know what their internal politics are and if they're going to close it down. Buying crypto is great. Buying, you know, trading is amazing. If you have, you know, thousands of dollars or, you know, any amount of current money in there that is substantial, I mean, don't look even if you have, you know, a thousand bucks in there. Say if you buy a thousand bucks in Vertcoin. Right now it's trading at, you know, 50 cents. 
What if that goes up to a hundred bucks? <laughs> you know, so if you got a thousand for a coin, it goes a hundred. That's a hundred thousand dollars. Think of it as how hard would you work for a hundred thousand bucks? Would you go to work? I mean, we all go to work, you know, and we work for however much money a year, 50,000, 100,000, depending on your job or whatever you're, whatever you're working at. And you go there for a whole year to make 100,000 bucks. Now, would you work an hour or three hours or 10 hours to figure out how to use your wallet and back up your currency that could be worth, that you're hoping is worth $100,000 in the future? Or maybe Vertcoin goes crazy like Bitcoin and it has 2,000 a coin. That's two million bucks. How hard would you work for two million bucks? And now, and think about that and why you're making and setting up your, your core wallets. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to this episode. I'm sorry that was a little long-winded. Um, but I thought there was a lot to say today. And finally, today's song was by Elderbrook. The song's called Woman. I found this on LaBelle Music again. I love this channel on YouTube. They just make some sick mixes. It's just, you know, soothing. I wake up in the morning. I research a podcast. I, I turn them on. I listen to them. And then I go, Poop. ooh, that's the song I'm using today. Hopefully they don't mind. Hopefully they don't mind me pl plugging it. But uh, thank you very much. And we'll see you next time.